After the lively festivities of the new year, the fate of the entire empire hinges on the actions of a chosen few. These are not the continuing adventures of those chosen few, but of Shep and Otto, saviors of Rokugan. Eh, Shep lad, you alive over there? Afraid so. Ah. Uh, I'm trying to remember what happened. Ugh. What, what, what happened when? What happened after I fell down? Which time? Before or after you argued politics with Akoma Ujiaki? Oh, what? Or was it after you challenged Miramoto Raitsugu to a duel saying, and I quote, Can't be that hard. Yeah, I know. Give me three swords. That explains all in Mikamono. Anyway, at some point I think we ended up at the shameful display. You what? When were that? Did anyone see us? Oh, aye. Tons of folks. Don't it'll matter much, though. I think the specials we were drinking turned people blind. Ah, well, there's a mercy. Ha-ha! I am here! Happiness from the New Year's! Bloody hell, Yasuki lad. Could you not keep it down? Some of us have delicate constitutions. Mm. Ha! Time is not to be quiet. Time is to celebrate. Crab win two great battles as is right. And Yasuki Taka sent me to Unicorn Lands to learn of strange new customs. Why? Was he tired of listening to you? And anyway, New Year's done with. Not in strange far lands, my friend. Such is celebrations outside Rokogan. You not see anything new from outside for some time. Ha <laughs> ha! Hey, good time for you to pick up your workout routine again, eh? No thanks. After six weeks, I'm done. I've got six packs on me six packs. Gah, you two not fun. I find some better Imperials to share fun with. Happiness in the new year! Has he gone? Aye. Left my headache behind, though. Come on, Shep, lad. We better get to it. I hear tell the Phoenix have a new stronghold on way, and the Scorpion won some big scrap down south. It's gonna be a busy year. Oh. This is The Art of Warcast, a podcast about Legend of the Five Rings, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Lopez, Carl Anderton, and Doug Keister. Episode 20, Phenomenal Cosmic Hand! Itty bitty little board. Alright, welcome. I'm Tobin Lopez. I'm Carl Anderton. And I'm Doug Keister. What are we up to today, Carl? Man alive, the game is hot. Although it can be colder than a katana on Hoth in Colorado, this game is keeping us all warm and fuzzy inside. FFG released the details on the store-based organized play for the next year or so, and we'll share our thoughts. Pax South enshrined a scorpion at the top, and yes, that's exciting. Not for Tobin, not for Doug, but I'm loving it. All this and listener questions. All right, welcome. The Pax South was an interesting thing, and we, we talked about the OP stuff a little bit last time featuring the sixth ring, mm-hmm. and man, there is a lot of structure there. That is looks really exciting. It is yeah, dense. The, yeah. <laughs> the kits sound interesting and I'm looking forward to see what's you know, what actually comes in them and how many copies of things and well, yeah, there was yeah. there were some pictures online, they looked good. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a decent spread out. I mean it's always helpful to actually see the physical kit, but I think we've they've lined out pretty well on the OP page what they expect of what. If you in fact if you look, one of the interesting parts I saw was there is a very, very clear and distinct listing of who gets what at what event for playing and, and coming where. Yeah, but it, it's one yeah, thing to see it online, but it's, it's also another thing to see it in your hand. Oh, but yeah, totally. it, but yeah. and it's and it's also a, 
I read that with a, this is the suggested thing. Oh, totally silent And book. They, they open it up. It's like, you can do any league you want. Because, frankly, what we've talked about at Total Escape is having two tournaments and one league. So we'll yeah. have three separate events. Uh, so the tournaments will be two months or about six weeks apart. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have a league that'll run over the three months period. I think that's basically what we what we settled on was open, yeah. open with a tournament, run a league, close yeah. with a tournament. So, yeah. And so you choose one of those route or there's there's various there's various prizes for each one. Right. Yeah. Here's the thing that I was probably the most disappointed with that. Those were all a lot of details. And you guys can definitely go to the website and check it out. They have tokens they have a plastic honor dial or an acrylic honor dial that's going to be a little bit more resilient mm-hmm. they have some honor tokens they have a f- full art shameful display for stuff and full art cards not alternate art cards no that's kind of where i was disappointed i gotta tell you uh, well you know me and my position on alternate art cards i love the shit out of them yeah yeah i like the full bleed art though too i mean the, the art in this game has such great art it does. Yeah. Does it need alternate art? I would like to see a little bit, but, I mean, look at the great art that we have so far. Yeah. Yeah, I think some of the cards have shifted design enough, um, like the roll cards, the idea of the roll cards being oh, the particular yeah, clan true. plus that, the yeah, specific yeah. role and you're have, supposed to and take. And having that, yeah. having that image, like, I, you know, listen to the Sixth Ring, I, he's talking about clan-specific roll cards, and I have no idea what he's talking <laughs> about. I'm like, I, get, I don't get it. I don't understand. You know, it's it's a really a picture is worth a thousand words there, mm-hmm. and you see the picture and you're like, ah, I get it now. Yeah, well, it's just visually massively visually distinct from the previous roll cards. Like here is clearly the dragon keeper fire or whatever it is exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. it can't miss this kind of thing. See, see how much I keep track of the rolls outside of Scorpion. So <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I have to keep remembering no, it was, the secret of void too. So. Keeper of fire is lion. Okay, close enough. Close enough. I'm pretty sure. Keeper of earth <laughs> is crab. Yep. Uh, that one I know <laughs> exactly. So yeah. <laughs> you would you wouldn't think I knew my um, my clan's role from the number of times I missed that trigger, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they have the, the the seeker and the keeper icon will take a little getting used to. Mm-hmm. Um, True, but they have featured characters. They have art from featured characters from each of the clans on these things. Yeah, and they're quite neat. Quite neat. So yeah. visit the visit the FFG website if you want to know more. They have the, and this is the, this will be interesting to see how this plays out. The battle for the stronghold. Yeah. Right? So you can do it in several ways. You can do it over over a league, right? Over a period of weeks. Or you can do it at w- one tournament. And the clan with the best raw, nu- or with the highest raw number of wins. R- the difference between wins and losses. Yeah, sorry. Winning, best yeah. winning record. Raw, raw, right? yeah. 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 Best winning record. Yeah, because it, literally it's a, it's a, a tally sheet of how much mm-hmm. how much how much people lost as dragon, how much people won as dragon. Yep. Yeah. And so then that gets claimed. It'll be interesting in Colorado because we have there are probably what half a dozen stores amongst the in in the front range area. So there's a whole bunch of them. There's you know at least six or maybe maybe as many as ten. And it'll be interesting to see how the strongholds how those strongholds <laughs> come out. I right? say, does someone do, do you focus somewhere? Do you rove around trying to uh, spread the spread the effect? Is yeah, yeah, yeah. To, or minimize, yeah. or you go in as dragon to and you lose completely. <laughs> oh, just God, to so make, we go. The, um, <laughs> the, 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 the what the heck's it called? The fifth pillar, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Was that what it is? Someone, there's a term for it. I, that probably miles wrong, and someone can correct me. But there's <laughs> a term for go, going in purposely as part of another group and screwing it up. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> I forget what it's called. 
Yeah. I play a lot of um. I, well, I've been involved in a lot of a, a video game called uh, Elite Dangerous that has a whole bunch of factions, and that happens all the time. Oh yeah. So, so Pack South was this past weekend, mm-hmm. and I didn't keep a very close eye on things, but I kept one eye on things. And the one thing I kept seeing was that dragons and scorpions were everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was, and I don't know what the breakdown of like the, of the sixty or so people that were there. Once, once again, I have to ask. But wow, crab people! What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, they were there. Yeah, there won, were crabs you, there. There were crab two. That was, I was shocked yeah, to not yeah, see yeah. a third one. So. Come on, I, I want to see. I want to see crab at the top <laughs> all the time. Well, that was oh, the thing. You all don't want to see them all the time. Every time. I mean, um, I, I one of the few. I mean, same to yourself. I think it's fair to say we've had so many um, cotes in such a short period of time that I was kind of like, oh, another one, and kind of like right. spaced it out a bit right, until right. until I started to see the top numbers. Um, wasn't the top eleven basically completely diverse? I believe everyone was everyone was representing the top eleven with a slight double up on. Scorpion well, there were there were challengers, right? So challengers came up. Oh, really? Yeah. So they had challengers, but I remember seeing after seven rounds, and I, and I'm not correct here, but it was dragon and scorpion in the top ten, like were eight of the top ten after Swiss. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. a, I'm almost misreading. And so it. so and, yeah, and as a result, the field of, was pretty diverse. Yeah. But like the, t- the after the cut, it was. Much less so. Because I, I thought, although the, although obviously yeah, the, the, the top, <clears throat> excuse me, the finals played out to pretty much Dragon Scorpion. My my understanding was that the top eleven was pretty was a full clan spread. We'll have to go check on this. Where clearly one of us is clearly wrong. So, well, I think the <laughs> finals was Scorpion Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Right. Excuse me. Now, I saw them early, like Dragon and Phoenix, or sorry, Dragon and Scorpion were strong early and were owning it fairly early, and so I started thinking about that. And, of course, my weekend, being what it is, got away from me, and I stopped looking so much. But I started thinking about what it is about those clans. And it looks like, and I'd be interested to hear your your thoughts on this, the meta right now is about big hands, small boards. And I say big hands in terms of you have a lot of cards in your hand, small boards in that you have a, a low number of characters on the board. Hmm. Being tower. You know, Dragon Tower, Dragon Niten Master, Dragon Yakuni, Reprieves, mm-hmm. uh, Pathfinder's Blade, Jade, uh, the Jade uh, Protection Attachment that I'm Finger forgetting. Finger of Jade. Finger of Jade, mm-hmm. there you go. So you have big characters, right? You have small board states on the board. You have one, two, three characters. Mm-hmm. And you're just rely- and they have a lot of fate on them. You're relying on them staying in the place, and you have a big hand. So... Big hand, small board. Interesting, because obviously because Scorpion is kind of the same way. The way you play your Scorpion yeah, no, exactly. with, with your cards from yeah. hand thing, right? You don't you play one character and then you pass, and you've got like <laughs> seven feet. You're like, what the what the Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been seeing that a lot, uh, with the exception of obviously Unicorn and Lion. They mm-hmm. still are tending to go with uh, a pretty sizable board. Well, well, but the but the powerful meta is big hand, small uh, big agree, hand, small board, yeah. right? Well, see, like Lion so, and Unicorn have those strengths, but I'm sorry. Lion. Shay from the Jade Throne podcast, he got Lion Hatamoto, and he did well. That's but awesome. If, yeah, congratulations, Shay. But the idea is, I, I don't know that Lion was very well represented there, and I don't know if they did very well besides Shay and maybe a couple of other folks. Because this, the many characters, you're losing out on that fight passing mechanic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I you know We play in, an, in, in Colorado. We don't, we haven't played, I haven't played in a Cote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, right? hasn't been one so, so I don't yeah. know, but it seems to me that the 
big hand small board is a thing. All right, so here's some of the breakdown from PAX South, thanks to the power of the internet. <laughs> uh, looks like there were 61 players. The representation were 8 Crab, 8 Crane, 10 Dragon, 9 Lion, 10 Phoenix, 12 Scorpion, 4 Unicorn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so it was, it was with the exception of Unicorn, of course, fairly balanced. Mm-hmm. Like 12, 12 Scorpion and 4 Unicorn. The top players in order were uh, by clan. Number one was Dragon. Number two was Scorpion. Number three was Dragon. Fourth was Scorpion. Fifth Dragon. Sixth Phoenix. Seven Crane. Eighth Scorpion. Ninth Lion. Tenth Crab. Eleventh Unicorn. So that's that's about right. That's that's um, um, each clan represented in the top eleven, which is what I thought I'd read. And honestly, hadn't seen the lineup myself. I was second hand. So yeah. Um, to analyze what you were saying before about the the big hand small board, as it were. Obviously, Scorpion does that quite a lot, as we've said. Um, I've seen Phoenix doing a fair bit of it. A lot of the Dishonor Phoenix tends to be um, camp cards in hand, have ways to you know draw very little and pull you back. Yeah, and, um, and Dragon, Phoenix, of course. Phoenix, if Phoenix is going for the Dishonor, they they can do it easier. But they need some cards to flop, like yeah. Forgotten Library. Yeah, exactly. Right, because if Phoenix is going for the Dishonor, they're oftentimes bidding low. Mm-hmm. Hey, in my, right? in my and that's not necessarily big hand if you're going to bid low. Yeah, so you need they, to make up for that. But they're somehow. one of the ones who can counter it more effectively. With my current crab deck, I'm also going big hand. Um, first turn, I'm bidding four or five. So that yeah, well, that, well, that's interesting one there. Most of the crab I've seen have been, I think, more in the Lion Unicorn area of mainly doing powerful effect characters with some cards but not not as not as quite as a huge hand setup as I've seen but I, I mean that's variant that's variance on what people are well, playing well yeah so yeah. I, I'm running you know Crab Unicorn uh, with Talisman of the Sun Spyglass Yuji Wayfinder mm-hmm. and then you know I've got Kasada and you know Crisis Breaker and mm-hmm. uh, Kaishuichi so it's you know some you know it goes for a little bit bigger characters you know effect characters but I'm, I'm finding that I need to I need to draw quite a bit if I if I if I do a lot of bid ones, I'm gonna lose. But once you get started, you bid five or you bid high that first turn. Mm-hmm. Once you get started, you get that spyglass on somebody. You get the spyglass. Then on I can a, start bidding two or three. Then you're bidding. Then or you're bidding lower again, and that might be that's definitely a a flow in the game that I've started to adapt. Right, like go a little bit bigger early when most people go big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to do that when you're when you have like okay, my whole thing is I'm gonna bid low all the time. Well, right. <laughs> so so bidding low, bidding one when they're going to bid five, and you have five and they have nine, and you're like in that opening hand, you're like, oh, which sometimes those opening turns are so crucial. Well, I was going right? to say, I think it's it's fair to fair to um, state that most people these days are opening between three and five, and three compared to some people are players players I've seen would be a huge number to bid. You know, they're sticking in the ones and twos. Right. But that's pretty clear that we know now that because of the length of the game and how long much of a knock on effect the early turns have is you really do have to have control of them some way or answers available so you're quite right the four and five draw turn one is pretty darn common and, right. and, we, we, and which if you'd, uh, you know if we talked about this i think uh, a few episodes ago like uh, i guess it would be back in like october or november I, it kind of surprises me that this is the way it is i would have expected more people to be bidding around two or three back then mm-hmm. well <clears throat> here's one but for the, you. the game's about breaking provinces for the most part yeah, right yeah. and yeah. so that getting that early jump yeah and is huge ahead. now one of the ways that you can get around that is I've been using Pillow Book and I've been and I have Artisan Academy and the Crane Deck and Pillow Book, and so you get a chance to play cards without actually drawing cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And then obviously cards like Spyglass and Shrewdizuki and things that allow you to go through help you. 
One yeah, of the, Yasuki is a is a is a really good card. In my yeah, opinion. and then one of the unfortunately one of the things that you get away from if you're not playing big hand small board is those big hand small board players have policy debate and they go and they're like, yeah, I have nine cards, you have four. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take one of those. And, and that sh- that yeah. hurts, man. Oh man, I, I yeah. Because it's an MPE hurts. for me, I tend to not play policy debates. But man, I might have to start doing it. I have two copies in my deck. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. particularly in my case, with so many four 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 and higher political characters, might as well in, in Scorpion. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, but that's that's one of the strategies of this kind of a big hand. Well, idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, the other big hand thing as well, I'm seeing more of is fighting over the Earth Ring. I find myself um, water and Earth are the two I generally fight for. I go for air if I have to, if someone's pinged me on a big, on mm-hmm. a big, um, on a on bidding one at the right moment. But generally, I'm either barring a character by going covert, or I'm uh, exaggerating the card advantage. Yeah, no, you're quite right. It's like um, I hadn't really thought of those terms, but the ones that are doing that, Dragon and Scorpion, the two like exemplars of the I keep a handful of cards and two guys on the table kind mm-hmm. of play. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and with the ubiquitousness of charge, you don't have to play the people out of your province you just make sure that a military happens first so uh, right here's a curiosity question for you what would you consider a big board how many characters a big talk- board would probably be three or four i was gonna say i was talking three outside, plus i was talking outside of lion <laughs> as the outlier lion is uh, like the outside six plus. of okay <laughs> yeah. even including lion and unicorn you know yeah. just uh, generally speaking is for a big board or is that more like five or six well, I mean, well, f- five or six is a big board after turn three Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, say but the, it depends on what term you're in. If if you're if you're if one, at, if one to two is small board, yeah, you know what's medium sized board. I'm saying say, take take the take the average cost of two to three per character, and if you if you're lucky, you got eight fight a turn. So anything more than four is huge early yeah. on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'd say four. I'd say four would be three to four would be not not small board. Yeah. Average board. Okay. Yeah. So so what I so yeah so with and with, it depends on what the characters the fate on the characters and so on and so oh, forth. Yeah, of course, but, but yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to go with my crab deck. I, I try to get about three characters onto the board and try to keep about three on the board. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's mostly bar, say basically barring bar lying unicorn. That's what I'm seeing. That's what most people can afford yeah, to do yeah, and yeah. still play cards. And, and, and the scenario changes a little bit when keeper initiates come into play, right? Like you trigger if a crab player. You know, you've seen crab. I play crab. I have keeper initiates. I trigger that earth, and all all three of my keepers come out, and all of a sudden I have seven. On yeah. the board. But that's now that's a point. that's a outlier. Yeah, that's a specialized. Deck does not have keeper initiates in it. I think yeah, I'm thinking about going back to it though. I didn't have them for a while, and I just kept get, kept getting hammered by them. And I'm like, man, alive! This whole keeper initiate thing, this really works. And so I went back to them, took out the Hita Guardians. So. It's, it's so odd playing playing basically blue control with Scorpion. I, I rarely care much about many characters. Because they're no worse than one or two characters for me. Yeah, one right. big one big guy I'm delighted by. I yeah, and the, and yeah, the scorpion so. characters have strong abilities. I was going to say actually, one of the ones I've got to throw in. I had a really good um, three round tournament a couple of weeks back at the cafe. For our, we're doing a monthly thing on Tuesdays, and um, one of the end games, uh, the fantastic one that cracked me up, where opponent had a whole bunch of unhonored lion characters, like four, charging at a, a province, and I defended with a dishonored uh, heroey. Okay. I go look around the table. Go, hey, he's got the magistrate over there. The one, the one who um, impeccable ig- magistrate. Yeah, ignores yeah, yeah, ignores yeah. Un- unhonored, unhonored characters. So a whole array. Themselves in, and all. And the suddenly, I, suddenly, I cut about eight or nine military off his total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yep. he, he still got the break, but he was forced to like banzai and buff and all this. And it was one of those like, that's a really fun little toy there. I don't care about heroes stats. It's like you come yeah. here, break. Come this over game, here, please. come over here and talk to these people. <laughs> Tell them that they're not doing that, yeah. not honorable enough to be doing what they're doing. Kind of crap me up. Yep. So, um, relating to what we're talking about there, because I got asked this at the at the cafe, 
what do you guys think about what people are referring to as the bidding one problem? So what I got suggested to me was a lot of people, um, since the early part of the game, there's been an entire tactic of, of play, which is simply bid one no matter what. Maximize your card draw, uh, ignore, not worrying so much about honor game, but ignoring like um, the conquest, the conflict deck in favor of simply good dynasty and playing that style of play. And the idea being that no one, you're choking the opponent's cards, of course, but they, they cannot afford to bid threes and fours and fives without losing a whole lot. You choke yourself, too, if you're not careful when you do that. Now, that's my point. I haven't lost to anyone bidding one straight. I think apart from one decent Lion gain. That's about it. And as soon as, and basically, when PAX came out, it ended almost immediately. I tried doing that with Crab. Mm-hmm. Doing, a, doing just a straight bid one to try and undercut and trying to play a little bit of the Crab Dishonor game. <clears throat> Did not work well for me. Until Crab Dishonor is an actual real thing, mm-hmm. right? In corset-only environment, I think it was possible. Mm. With mistakes by your opponent. Yeah, exactly. Right? Intimidating yeah. Hida and some other things. You you made it. It was possible to, to have them be dishonored. And you can defend against the air ring and you can get the air ring so you don't have to defend against it that turn. You can pressure your opponent doing that. It, do, it does make them have to make some hard choices. The problem is is it doesn't put you in a position to win the game. It, you, you're trying to turn it into a game of attrition at that point and trying to wear your opponent down, but you're not actually using any of your tricks to break provinces. Okay. And this is, and I think the bid one is a corset only, honestly. So like, it, a, it was more appropriate in corset only, but after six, after six and six, mm. we're not sitting there. I mean, one policy, do, yeah, you bid one, your opponent <laughs> bids five, you, the they have nine, debate. you have five, and they're like, I'm going to maximize my, my conflict draw. Well... Who on you? He just drew policy debate, and your six political, his six political went against your five, your one political. You lost the one card you need. Yeah, right. And it's it's, and it's Pathfinder's Blade, and it's, um, you know, Pillow Book, and things like this. Test of skill mean that you don't have to draw high, but you can you, you can draw you can bid low mm-hmm. and get cards in. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can bid one, but it has to, it can't be an all the time, every time, kind of thing. Well, bidding, you will one, lose. bidding one has to be a strategic decision. Yeah, at, at, at the appropriate moment, it works. Yeah, yeah, so you know, you, you, if it's like a second turn, third turn, maybe even fourth turn thing where you're looking at your opponent, looking at cards in his hand, looking at the board state, you know, feeling your opponent out, knowing if he's going to bid high, you go, you go one when you've got, you know, five or six cards in hand. Yeah. You know, that can set your opponent back on his heels a bit yeah. because if he goes four or five, and that's, that's, a, that's a pretty big honor swing. And it changes the dynamics of the game. Yeah, that's a that's a very relevant point. I, I do certainly if the opening hand and or the op- the first big honor dial pull of like four or five cards is good, then yeah, I'm generally not bidding very high turn two, turn three because well, you know, I've got nine cards, and right? And they're all right. Good. You, no. But you're not. It's one is way down, mm-hmm. right? One is way down. Now, do I think Crab Dishonor is coming? Yes, mm-hmm. Crab Dishonor is definitely coming. You see it with Intimidating Hita. You see it with some of these things where, okay, they're just so they're going to kind of be a weird partner with Scorpion, mm-hmm. where Scorpion is willing to dishonor people. It's a cost to dishonor to, to trigger effects. And I think you'll see a little bit more of that with Crab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I guess I should talk about my game from Wednesday night a little bit. Yeah. Because it does dovetail with what we're talking about. I was playing my, my Crab deck playing against our friend Mark, who's one of our local uh, league players at Total Escape. He brought a Scorpion Dishonor deck with him. So first turn, I'm thinking, okay, I need to go big first turn 
on on the dial because I, I had an idea about what he was probably going because he's do. playing scorpion right yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting down across the scorpion deck and i'm like huh well he there's a very good chance he's going for dishonor so i, I want to get a lot of cards so i bid five he bids one and then contingency plans down to zero whoa mm-hmm. yep. that'll hit you that that changed the entire game for me i was i was playing from behind the entire game yeah yep. and i just I, I feel like I just barely squeaked out the win on that one. Mm-hmm. But, but you won. I won. Yeah. See, now that's a big but deal. But it was close. Yeah. It was yeah. really close. It, he was going to, if I had not. Would you say it came down to the cards in your hand? It came down to characters on the table more than anything. Interesting. Okay. I, was, I, was, right. I, I had just enough to break his province because I was at, and I was at three honor with two dishonored characters on the table that were going away at, mm-hmm. the, at the end of that, that phase, at the mm-hmm. end of that turn. So I was looking at, if I didn't break it then, I was going to be sitting at one honor going into the next round. So, and that's not a good okay. position to be in. All right. So, <laughs> All right. He, was, he was very close to having me out by dishonor. Yeah, because while in the corset-only environment, it was r- not frequent, but I would say regular that you would dishonor someone out. Mm-hmm. In my experience, after 6 and 6, and players getting just better at playing the game... It's much harder to dishonor people out nowadays. Yeah, you have it's to, much harder. Yeah, you have to, you have to build a deck with that knife in the drawer, and that's the only knife you pull, and that's the only thing you do, and you well, got to rely on them making a mistake even then. Exactly. But see, that's yeah. the thing is that the the, the the scorpion deck that Mark was playing was built to be. It was not built to break provinces at all. Mm-hmm. It was a solid dishonor. Yeah, yeah it was solid dishonor. It's a, it's it's still a little a little bit fiddly still. You, you and, was, and, and yet you won. Well, <laughs> right. The, the, the problem is, is that I was I, as soon as I as, as soon as that first dial reveal happened, and, mm-hmm. he, and he pulled out contingency plan. Yeah, I definitely knew exactly what I was in for. I had an idea because you know I'm, I'm sitting across the table from a scorpion player, so right. there's probably going to be dishonor involved. So then you're going air. So air, yeah, and I was, air, so I was going the air, air ring. I was I was Earth, using the maybe. void ring to get to yeah. get his characters off the table, mm-hmm. trying to get his uh, kachiko off the table quickly and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I used uh, you know fire a little bit. I, but void actually was like the the ring of choice for me for most of the time. Oh, wow. I was trying. I was uh, I was actually going for a bit of board control on him, and that's what worked for me. Right. Well, there's when I look at the state of the game, when I'm you know turn two, turn three, I'm looking at the state of the game. I'm thinking, okay, how many cards do they have in my hand? How, how, cards in hand. Compare the two. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Honor, fate, mm-hmm. characters. Mm-hmm. Right. Those are the four. Those are the four measures that i use cards in hand i'm like if we're one or two away we're good if we're honor one or two away we're good fate one or two away we're good characters one or two away we're good it's when like two or three of those things are heavily out of balance that that's where i'm like either concerned or i'm cautiously cautiously optimistic (laughs) it was an interesting position for me to be in Sitting at five honor for most of the game, between three and five honor for most of the game. Ooh, yeah, that would. Where and, have my, and my opponent, my scorpion opponent, sitting at you know fourteen to fifteen honor most of the game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that the three to five, the three to five um, honor all game is a Saturday night for me. Basically, it's like it's another weekend, and that's just that's just how the scorpion well <laughs> deck runs. For know. for most clans, I think that would be a horrible position mm-hmm. to be in, mm-hmm. especially some especially a clan like Crane. or maybe even Phoenix. And how many char- So just out of curiosity, how many characters did he typically have out? During it, one, one turn, one, one to, to turn. Yeah, precisely. So he yeah. had one to two characters, and did he have a lot of cards in his hand or not? He had, he, had, he, he was drawn pretty heavily through, right. most, through most of the turns. So besides the first one, right. where he went to zero, 
Yeah, he, he also he had, he some, drawing... he had some card drawn as, okay. in his deck too. Okay, you know he had imperial storehouses and things like that. Oh right, 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 right. So so he was he was doing he was getting decent card draw, but he was doing a lot of the play one or two characters during the dynasty phase, hoard fate to drop something like Kachiko. So yeah, he was it, he did he did he tried that a couple of times. It it hurt me a bit. It definitely slowed down my game. Well, I mean, yeah, dropping because then because then I had to focus on getting Kachiko off the board. Right, <laughs> right, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Also, also worth noting there was Scorpion um, suddenly ending up miles ahead in the honor game is a well, I brought the wrong stronghold deck. You know? Say that again. Um, uh, Scorpion suddenly being miles ahead in the honor game is a translation. Oh to, yeah, I oh, okay, the wrong yeah, stronghold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not right, going to do gotcha. anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay, my stronghold might as well be blank because that's kind of the point. There. Is I, yeah. if, I, I commonly turn three or four. I'm starting the turn with four or five honor. Which means technically I have six because I'm going to get one back and so on and so forth. Yeah. I, the the most fun turn of that game though is when I was able to pull out two policy debates on him, <laughs> right in a row. <laughs> yeah, NPE right there. I don't yeah. like that card. God <laughs> oh, darn that. I yeah, I I actually I, what there was one point where I had more political than he did, and so I was able to pull out two successful policy debates. Mm. As a crab as versus, a, crab a, versus scorpion. a scorpion, yes, yeah, it was that's pretty rough. Yeah, it was amazing. That and seems fun. not right. So. <laughs> So I requested listener questions on Reddit and Facebook, and I got some. Uh, all these came from Reddit. Apparently, our Facebook account has been dead, or now with the new Facebook algorithm, we're not coming up on people's streams. No, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> I do. It's Facebook. <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah, it's Facebook. All right, so the first question being from uh, Nova Sabrock, and and we to some extent addressed this already. He's he asks, uh, he or she asks at the Pack South Cote. The bottom placing clans were Lion, Crab, and Unicorn, which are three military-focused clans. Do you think this was a fluke, or is it political? Is that mean political is the name of the game right now, and why? Policy debate is part of the argument. Yeah, um, I would say mili- military military-focused clans are without doubt not weak at all. But the clans that tend towards the military play are being played in a particular way that's having a bit of trouble in the meta. And this, I think, he has a good point that those are military-focused clans. But those are all high character number clans. Basically, yeah. Lion and Unicorn want to swarm the board. Crab want to have more characters And keep them around. And keep yeah. them around. They want to get characters out and they stay out. They so basically the want to build board a wall. Is building. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. And it's so I think that's, we're not, it's not necessarily a military versus political so much as a big hand, small board. <laughs> I'm going to keep hitting this. Uh, I think theme, there's an, I right? think, I think he's. There's an element of political versus military to it, also. Well, like I say, yeah. I mean, policy debate is easy to call it. It's such a strong card. Because I'm but seeing it's only part of it. In the games that I've been playing recently, I'm seeing the 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 political conflicts being a little more decisive towards the the whole game state. Military conflicts they're they're pretty easy to resolve. The the political conflicts are the ones that hurt me the most. Is that right? So that's yeah. interesting there because most of my breaks are by military. Like almost, almost guaranteed. I have to fight. I'll, I'll have interesting actual, actual battles will take place over politics, and political base ones, and there'll be, and I'll get those wins. But most of my breaks are military. Banzai for starters. Banzai and covert. Banzai and covert. Um, Pathfinder's blade. The various toys there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a lot of the good covert. charge. Lot Do you of the, use yeah, charge in your oh, deck? Oh heck yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean that. So it's it's when the, I break, I break mostly militarily because yeah. I'm crab. Mm-hmm. But the the I'm seeing a lot of breaks against me. Yeah, you're losing to political. Well, yeah. that's kind of the point there. Then that's the, the that goes in there that these military clans should at least be getting the hits. I think it's I think they're seeing a correlation, but I don't think it's on the right thing. If it were, I think it's on play style. It's on card meta. It's not so much on the simply military political divide. 
See what I'm saying? That's why those. That's why those. Right, right, and, and, and I would agree with you. I would. I, I don't know that it's a necessarily military versus political. That is some of it. Policy debate being probably the leading contender mm-hmm. for having a strong policy political debate piece. combined with court games. Yeah, yeah. is kind oh, of a one-two punch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. A lot of the and every once in a while, like, uh, and and, and it's sometimes I'm up, I'm naive, but we're in a military conflict and they play fine katana and i'm like well okay fine what are you doing oh i'm like pass next action policy debate i'm like screw that (laughs) gal darn it and because the katana will take them to five and i'll be at two and i'll be like i have four military you have one military the fan fan. sorry the fan the fan takes them to to, i've seen that too and you're just like wait what military conflict The fan hits the table, <laughs> and you're like, "Well, crap! Mm-hmm. I have I have a sword in one hand, and I just brought out my fan. Let's talk. <laughs> Let's talk. Right. Yeah. Having like- having having thought over through that interesting exchange, by the way, <laughs> um, having thought over the political military bit, there is something in what they've said there. Something we were taking into account when we were talking about before, because we've agreed, we've proven, as it were, that um, a lot of the game state seems to be lots of cards in hand, few characters on the table, so few high impact characters. Well. Military is better at getting higher stats. It gets high skill, it breaks. Political is better at manipulating characters, manipulating situations. You know, like you said, court games for shame, those various toys. Mm, and obviously, they're having more yeah, effect yeah, because yeah, yeah. Chari- people have more high impact characters rather than small numbers of swarm. So that's okay. Might be might be more to what you say than than you than right, I might have okay. initially thought. But right. I don't think military is out of the running at all. But I, there does seem to be. I, a, a bit of a, 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 a more of a focus on on the political, just because policy debates a thing, mm-hmm. and yeah, so and th- that makes it easy to focus a little more, regardless of clan, on on doing things politically, and, and a little bit more board control. So, so to conclude, as I realize we're doing this ourselves, let's not generalize from one Cote's results. Let's oh, yes. keep seeing what's going on. Crab is one of the first two. This is the first one. Scorpion is one, mm-hmm. right? Like. Yeah, and we're talking a little bit more about the the whole field rather than just the ones who won. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's worth noting as well. I found the the traditionally military focused clans easier to handle because um, in my playstyle, I've got to the point where I don't care so much about counter breaks. I'm generally getting early aggressive breaks, letting you get a few, and then getting to the four and winning. Mm-hmm. And things like Scott Lion and Unicorn are classically the ones which go marauding in. So you go, okay, let them maraud. Have your have your sixteen military champs. You're only breaking one thing. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Move on. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So ling- linguist cunning asks, if you were to design an alternate unicorn stronghold, one that would be both strong and fitting with their theme, what would it do? Or perhaps maybe it's an action, a reaction instead of an action. Move a dude home. Move a dude home. It's about it. It's all. It's honestly in their playstyle. It's pretty much all they need. It's why Moto Juro is so darn popular all of a sudden. Crazy good. Well, yeah, that it's been needed, right? Yeah, it's it's that might be a tad strong, honestly. But if you wanted an easy sledgehammer fix to the problem, move a move a cavalry move a cavalry unit home. Okay, I was thinking I was thinking more along the lines of reaction or when you win a conflict, a, a military conflict, you can move a participating character home, mm-hmm. right? But so then so then they would stand. They wouldn't. They they would resolve the conflict. The conflict resolves. You break it. Everything else, and then they come home and they stay standing. Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting, because I was just about to say exactly the opposite thing, which is when they lose as the defender, move a participating character home before bowing. Yeah, you could do that too. I think that might be the one that would help them out the most because they're, they're generally just going to be blocking to avoid on a loss and keep from breaks. You know. Well, like I I was thinking about breakthrough, right? So breakthrough would be a big deal. So you react. 
and you say, yeah, I'm going to declare another one immediately after this one. But first, I'm going to move this person home. So that w- there would be some synergy with moving them home on a win, mm-hmm. right? Because they, they're like, we won! Run home! Tell everybody! Yay! Or, but there's also, there's, you can also thematically come up with reasons why. Oh, we lost. I need to run home and tell everybody to but shut their windows the, 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 the and marathon protect themselves. I don't know. See, that seems like just more of the same to me. They, there's already a lot of movement to and from conflict in Unicorn. What about something like, you know, bow this stronghold, choose a participating character, that character does not bow as a result of conflict resolution? That would work in a similar vein, to be fair. I mean, we're, we're, basically, yeah, all, we're yeah. basically all of us are dancing around the problem that Unicorn has, which is to commit to a successful attack, they find they can't defend appropriately, and they're not hitting hard enough to make those attacks work. Right. So maybe that's where, where we should be looking, is something that um, something more like the Lion-style stronghold that helps them win on, the, win on the attack to make sure they don't have to worry about too much mm-hmm. about the counter, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that, th- those would be viable calls as well. And, that, and again, that's kind of what it does right now. It just costs a character to do it, a cavalry unit. You have to right. move them in. So, right. hmm. I mean, from what you're saying there, if I was going to go with an, an easy build for it, it would be um, af- after you win a conflict as a defender, ready to, re- reaction, ready a character. That'd be even it would be kind of a yeah. weird border rider thing, or maybe a maybe ready to character. If you win a military, you bow, you double water. Maybe it's a water ring effect. I don't Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope I hope that helps, linguist cunning. It it's tough to do because we're not card kind designers. Of, yeah, we're well, not card designers. Let's, let's make the point. Here. None of those none of those options we just mentioned are balanced, even close. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll guarantee all of those will break the game quite violently. Yeah. So next question is from a new machine six one five. New machine asks, "What is the one card ability, card or ability you think each clan needs, or just pick your favorite clan? What's the card that?" That the clan is really missing, and what's the hole in the lineup? So we can go through I this. Think I think we can go every, through this alphabetically. Yeah, I think, generally speaking, I think every clan needs some sort of cancel, at least one. More widespread than we have. Hmm. Yeah, more, more than, than censure. Censure is good, but we, okay, you've got scorpion that's got you know forged edict and things like that. So scorpion's got a, a, a lot of cancel tools. Mm-hmm. You know, one in clan cancel to go sort of as like a pair to censure would be nice. I think. Because, I mean, um, Voice of Honor, right, and um, 4G, they both have relatively, not arduous, but meaningful requirements in terms of organizing a place where you can use They them. have requirements. They have requirements. They have yeah. requirements. So everyone, they having, everyone having a clan-focused um, uh, requirement, Dragon cancels by discarding an attachment. You know, Lion um, sacrifices the unit properly. A military unit of a certain strength, something like that, you know. So something where they I think it might be more crabby. But do you talk in general? In that in that case, do you eliminate the need to splash? Uh, true enough. Well, you, I mean, you know, it, and, and we're not getting that's that's maybe a bit of a larger conversation. Yeah. But you're saying cancel. You're saying yeah. every clan yeah. needs a cancel. Yeah, okay. I, I wouldn't disagree. I think it, it has to be danced around. There is some argument in terms of theme because we do have a general one. I think a different, honestly, a different higher fate. Regular cancel might be good, so your opponent can't just be. I've got the favor. I am now feeling confident and comfortable that my events will not get cancelled. Right, you know, kind of right. thing. So. Okay, I think Crab could use some more. As I alluded to earlier, I think Crab can use some more dishonor tricks, Reason. some yeah, more sure, sure. mechanics to dishonor people. More I berserkers for Crab would be great. Oh, mm. it would be. <laughs> yeah, I, I, turn on that, that crisis berserker. <laughs> something well, you have the crisis you have breaker the seal, is a fabulous card. The seal that makes everybody a berserker, right? So, True, well, but there's no other ways to besides crisis breaker. That's there's not a lot of other ways to 
to trigger use that. the berserker, yeah. right? right. Maybe, maybe I'm maybe sure there will be in yeah. the future, yeah. but yeah. maybe there's your call. You want to berserk a stronghold? Oh, something like that. Oh, you know, something involving oh, that, right? Oh, you know? Yeah. Uh, Bow the stronghold, give someone the berserker trait for the until the end of round or something yeah. like. Well, that. more a fact of doing something to everything with berserker. Is it oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's yeah. kind of thing I'm thinking. Yeah, you know. And as far as crane goes, this might sound strange, but ways to honor. Ways more, to honor more, them. more ways yeah. to honor. Yeah. They have way of crane in court games, and it, they're running shameful display. There, there aren't a lot of. Uh, the, and Brash Samurai has his own mechanic, right? He honors himself. And the uh, was it the Asahina Artisan? The, uh, Asahina Artisan only gives plus three political. No, what am I thinking of? The one where if you honor this character, you honor somebody else. Savvy politician. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's her. Yeah, she's she's powerful. What I'm seeing in Crane when I get close, and I and I won by honor. I won by honor. The other day, it oh, was insane. Cool. Holy cow! I honored out a lion player. You're running chrysanthemum. Twenty five. No, <laughs> I didn't have way of the chrysanthemum in there. It was nice. it was because they kept bidding low. I think it was maybe it was one of these bid one per people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember the game enough. But I was like, I think I can win because I had three honored characters go away. I went to twenty three. And I'm like, we're going into our dynasty, and I'm like, I think I got this. You push the airing. <laughs> yeah, push the airing, and I win. Holy cow. So. Crazies. I think, uh, on that front, though, with Crane, by the way, I think one of the things that Crane could do with it is more lower glory characters that can honor more effectively. I think I don't think they want the stat boost, but they want more honored characters, period. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I think uh, Crane could use a little more military. Uh, Fluff-wise, the Crane are supposed to have the best duelists and some of the best, you know, they, they make the best swords. Right, right. So, you know, that that theme, that sort of the dueling theme that the Crane are supposed to kind of have, you know, as far as okay. the storyline goes, right. is a little, is not quite as strong as I would like to see it. Right. So, I mean, they, they've got a little bit, but a little bit more would be nice. Okay. What about Dragon? Dragon's a good one. Hmm. More Monks. More monks or more yeah, interesting yeah, more attachments. Monks. I think we could do with some some things to shake up the game, their attachment game more than ancestral die show. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, that oh, okay. You're just yeah. giving you plus double, two. Double okay, die show. Plus you know, two. Damio's okay. favor. Double die show. Go. Like, well, gotcha. so we've, we've yeah. got a, there are a the Jade masterpiece is pretty cool. Mm, true. True enough. True so enough. The, the dragon have a couple of conflict characters that can basically turn into attachments, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I think most of those are monks, aren't they? Yes, both yes. of them are. Yeah. Yeah. Tattooed Wanderer so and that right there, if you, if you got Tugashi. a few more of those, that would solve both what Carl and I are asking for. Mm-hmm. More monks and more interesting Sorry. attachments. Sorry, I saw, saw someone the other day. Who, what did they do again? There was um, two two regular two regular attachments, a Daimyo's Favor. I think it was a Cloud the Mind from the other side of the table, Togashi Kazooie, and a Tattooed Wanderer. And I said, do so you have the Katamari Damansi Greek <laughs> 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 character over there? And then that music got into my head. Oh, God. <laughs> Rolling around the board. Yeah, it's like more monks. The monks need to get turned on. Yeah, I was going to say that was the easy answer. I mean, if you ask me Scorpion, I'm I'm quite happy with where Scorpion is, like in terms of fun and power to play. Scorpion so doesn't need anything. Well, yeah. Scorpion needs fewer toys. What about Shinobi? Yeah. Well, I was going to say that's the thing. What, if a, a easy answer would be more monks, more Shinobi, more scholars, you know, more of the alternate play styles. But if I was thinking about an actual card, I think I'd like to see something Scorpion-wise si- that does a bit more sleight of hand. I'd like a... Um, sacrifice a character with fate on them, play a, play a conflict character with a hand from nothing or reduced cost or something. You like literally swap them, as it were. Kind of a weird act. Like an, a, but th- isn't that Soshiro Actress, almost? 
well, but uh, actress pulls from your yeah, opponent's exactly, deck. Yeah, and it's it's like, and also it's the point being it's an event you'd play. I'm thinking an event that you play from hand. Mm. You pick pick an in play participating character with fate on them specifically. So you've got a bit of a warning it's coming, mm-hmm. and it, and you control kill them, put someone else in play instead. A literal oh, okay. sleight of hand cost. Right. I think that's probably about where it could work with a bit of cost tweaking. And that seems to me just to be like absolutely purely Scorpion. Okay, yeah. All right. that's interesting. What about Lion? Lion needs more political. Or, or, or more ways to handle it. I think Lion could do with some crab-style tricks. That are political. The political that aren't four-cost, five-cost characters. Yeah. I mean, Lion's yeah. Pride Brawler is great. That's one of my favorite cards in the game, and, and yeah. may always be one of my favorite cards in the game. I just yeah. love it. It's a great card. And I, I love the art on it. It's just mm-hmm. like thematic. Beyond that, you know, what does Lion really do politically? They're very weak politically. Right. The spirit, they're, they're, it's all in military. And, and so... You the, the you mentioned Crane. Crane has some strong military they presence. They could use more, but they mm-hmm. have a strong military presence. But besides Okoma Eje and Spirit Caller, who you never use for the political, you mm-hmm. always use to bring back somebody, right? You all well. You I've been forced to use. I wouldn't say before, never right? and always, but yeah, never intentionally, shall we yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. 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 There's just not a lot of political, but yeah, okay, I'd I'd go with that. I'd go with that. I'd clarify it to ways to defend against political. That's what I mean by crab tricks. The mm-hmm. ways to go. Oh, all of a sudden, this political conflict is not going to win. At least, yeah, you know, I'm not going to hold it. Yeah, you know. yeah that would make not sense. Break, say, you know. So Phoenix, do they need more ring tricks? <laughs> I, I don't know. Fe- Phoenix, Phoenix felt <laughs> feel like they've got stuff lumped on. I mean, we've got the clan pack coming, so uh, Phoenix might be a wait and see if they do need anything. I'm not sure they do. Yeah, Phoenix. Their particular weakness is if you dishonor one of them, they're toast, right? They mm. tend to be. You know what I'd say Phoenix do need, mm. opinion-wise? A way to lower glory on a character temporarily. Mm. That that counteracts their major downside. Yeah. And it gives them a way to handle, like, well, you know, for example, as Scorpion, I steamroll over Phoenix characters and laugh right. all the way to the break, you know, all the darn time. So something to go, you know, Skune. Reduce her from four glory to one or two. And all of right. a sudden you're like, oh yeah, great, that's handleable. She actually does something now. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. You know. So either reduce their glory or remove a dishonor token. Yeah, remove, of course, yeah. Or remove a token altogether. Yeah. Maybe that. Yeah, there you mm. go. What about a phoenix ability? Remove... Um, Some tricksiness. Uh, yeah, maybe a, a phoenix ability, which is literally um, a pick a honored state token and a dishonored state token. Discard those tokens. Okay. That could be... That could yeah, be. yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of a harmonize, yeah. but instead yeah. of characters, on characters, it's on characters you control. Yeah, 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 I yeah. Could buy that. that could be interesting. Yeah. So we already talked about scorpion mm-hmm. unicorn. and unicorn. What does unicorn needs? They back, need good back, three costers. Back, well, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. a fair point there. Wow, don't they just? They're, they're the most commonly assassin. Them and dragon are the ones where assassinate goes. Hello, I'm mm-hmm. going to end this conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. immediately. More common three costers. More, more powerful. More common. More numerous. I, I like the, the, the horde swarm theme that is Unicorn has, but I think that it has been focused on a little too much. You're right. So, you know, they've they got the, the, some really great small characters, but you're, yeah, it, those higher higher fate cost characters that are really good. So more yeah. three costers would be good. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see something that does a bit more from their back line. I think they are a little bit too much um, holders into combat go do things. You know, something a little bit more. Shugenja style from the archers, oh, something okay. like that, maybe. I don't know. We've oh, seen, look, we've cool. seen look. Morme Shodo stuff. Yeah, no kidding. Right? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah definitely. Right. Morm- yes, exactly. Ooh. Shamans yeah. and back row. Mishodo. Cheaper Mishodos, like Mishodos. More talismans, more, more spells, yes. yep. more. Yep. All right. Perfecto Ignori asks Will there ever be a multiplayer, three players or no more, expansion? Uh, I th- yes. I think I'm, well, I think I'm yes. 
Yeah. I th- I'm definitely yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but starting with the wording there, ever yes, <laughs> there will be. Um, well, I mean, will it be official? Yes. There's some fan run stuff. Let's open with the open with the standard that there are tons of cards out there that are clearly worded not to close off multiplayer. Well, yeah, but they've done that before. Yeah, but I, no, I, that, I, that's that's I'm, pretty standard. I'm just south of fifty percent. Yeah. I I'm, have to admit, I'm above fifty percent. Yeah. Okay. I would I would not want to make any estimate on when, but will it happen? Yes. Yeah. It, and what form would it take? Yeah. Even just three players, I think, would be. I think. I'll, t- I'll put it this way. I don't think there'll be a large player number multiplayer format. I can't. I certainly can't see anything past four. I think you're simply into a game. I don't know. That's it's it, that was complex. that was part of the CCG for a long time. True enough. I just think. And uh, although it maybe didn't necessarily work very well, depending on who you talk to. Yeah. Uh, there, but there are fans of the multiplayer format from the old CCG out there. Yeah. FFG has got a laundry list of player requests mm-hmm, coming from players of the old game. They you know, they want the Mantis, they want the the Spider, they want Shadowlands as a playable fa- faction. They, they want, want Sparrows. Sparrows yeah. is a minor clan. I I, I Sparrow, for whatever Badger, reason that, Hare, that stuck that you know? stuck in my head. Know, the Sparrow, the Wasp clan yeah. is around, right? I've seen that. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. so I mean, they there there are people out there that have been asking for multiplayer since the course that was announced. You know, there, there's this long laundry list of things that it, my gut tells me that FFG is going to have to acquiesce to at least a couple of those demands just to right. just to you know okay, keep yeah, the player base happy. Point. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. And I think multiplayer right? is going to be one of them. Yeah. yeah. Now, now I played VTES a lot back in the day, and the one problem with VTES was that you had a five-player game, four, four or five-player game, ideally. And people would fall out, like people would lose the game. So then they'd be sitting there while the rest of the people were finishing up. So the challenge to a large player game, because if anything, I think it's three. Yeah, personally, yeah. Three, maybe four. Why not a but, Game of Thrones style multiplayer with like roll cards or something? Well, I was going to touch on, I was gonna touch on that as the well. The win condition, like Game of Thrones, the power is the win. Mm-hmm. So that win condition in a two-player still holds... For the three, uh, for the multiplayer, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. But here in Rokugan, you have four broken provinces, and that person loses, and you win if you break the stronghold. But what happens to the third and fourth person? I can summarize the term right? you're going so for like, here. It's um, it's a classic sin in board game design: player elimination. Yeah, player, player elimination, elimination in multiplayer is, games is bad. it's rough. Yeah, so bad, 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 bad. bad. Yeah, so yeah that's, a, that's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, I can think of ways around it, around um, when we were discussing Star Wars Destiny um, multiplayer formats, and I think it was the Hero Realms card game mentioned this. There are styles of play where you care about the guy next to you. Like, you're my target, so if I break your stuff, I win. If you break his stuff, you win. And the first one to do that, so you have a bit of a crosswise of he's stopping me from breaking you so he can try and win and so on and so forth. That, yeah. that could work out. The Game of Thrones role system is one of the few things I could see happening, but I think that L5R has enough going on. I think that's the True. problem. That This is a inordinately dense game. You're gonna, you're, you are so going to add complication just by adding a third player. Four, fourth and fifth, and then the role system as well. As much as I think it could be made to work, oh, holy yeah. cow, that's yeah. going to be a this, beast. Uh, that, yeah. That's something that a couple weeks ago, it, it popped into my head, and it really came home to roost in my game Wednesday night. There are no... There are no small decisions in this game. Every decision is important. Yep. From the mulligan on. Yeah. The, 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 yep. So you're right. There, this game is very dense. There's a lot of thinking that has to go into it. You have to think strategically about everything. Mm-hmm. And playing that, and I, I had been playing the game where the sort of the first turn was sort of a throwaway. It's you know getting set up or whatever, and seeing what you know the game's going to be like. 
no, I can't do And I've, I've realized that that was costing me games that mm-hmm. I was losing in the first turn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So you're right that if you if you add multiplayer to this game, you're taking a, a an ultra complicated card game with you know lots of thought required and lots of strategic decision making required every step of the way uh, all the way up to the stronghold break and you're adding more <laughs> more to the mix yeah, yeah, making mm-hmm. it exponentially mm-hmm. more complicated so yeah. you're right it would it would it'd be something that FFG would have to think long and hard about how to implement correctly mm-hmm. so hash kadesh asks what are the polarizing cards that are currently shaping the meta ones so popular that need countering or playing around with virtually any deck is it healthy to have these polarizing cards? And if these polarizing cards were removed, what ramifications could there be on deck building? Who are the winners, losers of banning certain cards? It's interesting that you asked this, Hash, because as we've been talking about, I think policy debate would be one of those cards. It's a meta-defining card. Yes, you have to is, kind of like, uh, That is the precise definition right? of that FGG, card. FGG, yeah. another one. For greater glory? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There you go. The, the, two, the two I hear, hear about are obviously policy debate and um, Banzai. And I would I would say that. See, both I don't of get those, that one. Yeah, it's it's because it's such a such a large skill skill point swing out of nowhere for very little cost, which is what it is. It's exactly what it's intended to do. Technically, it's two cards for four honor, right? One honor right. and one actual card mm-hmm. in hand. I I do get that uh, personally. I think both of them though are entirely necessary. They they're both defining their play styles. Policy debate is the is the essence of a political style play. You know, this uh, manipulating, going for the hand. Um, and I think with the toys we've had, we were talking about cancels before. If your opponent's not in a state to use their cancel, then, well, now it's time to use policy debate and hopefully go get it and mm-hmm. make it go away. You know, it's yep. a reasonable counterplay. And obviously you can cancel policy debates, vice versa. So they're there. And um, Banzai is that thing that makes military what it is, which is aggressive and powerful. And charge. Yeah, charge. charge. Yeah, charge, charge. helps too. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think, I think charge, charge may be a little undercosted. Cost curve beast. Cost yeah. curve killer. Right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if, if look, I can, look at, I'm going to charge at, out Hida Kasada for, you know. Or, yeah, a Action one, right? Code of Tuturi. Charge him out, FTG, bam. Right? Like, yeah. if charge said, you know, return player, the return, like, like a Kitsu Spirit Caller effect, put put the oh, card on the bottom of your away. deck after yeah. the fact. Yeah, it's a point. Right? It's a straight put into play. It's charges, charge. I think charge and bonsai policy debate. Court games are for shame. Interesting on the political side, right? What is it? Not, they're not, they're not but, as big. But yeah. they're not as big because it relies on the glory of the characters. And situations, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's more situational. Um, yeah. For shame with the steward of law combination, that's a two-card combo. Yeah, exactly. Right? None of those are... That can be canceled. Um, so I think those, those are the f- f- three cards. To some extent, like I looked at some of the deck lists from PAX... Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. why I don't. I think those cards are polarizing. I think the argument comes from people's problem with them comes from how big a swing they are. I think those cards are fine. I'll make that clear. But that's the point of a polarizing debate. There are people on the other side who disagree with me. Right. I think so. Miramoto's Fury is also. Oh, that's good that's point. All that's a, in a lot of places, and that's a pretty powerful. That's a mon- card. monstrously big swing. Yeah. yeah. That's right. one of the. I and think to some extent, yeah. let go, but. I think there are enough attachments in the world that now three let goes in a deck is is okay. Because that really can, depends on what clan you're playing. Yeah, it depends yeah. on wh- what you're playing. But yeah. you can, you can because Crab does not have that much in the way of attachment. Yeah, and and from the person who um, still runs runs three two to three um, calling in favors, I'm seeing a lot less attachments these days. So mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not as a, even even in negative attachments, so it's not as a right. big deal as it was. Right. We have ma- many more ways of getting stuff. And so, who would be the losers in that? Uh, I think with policy debate and charge, and even to some extent Miramotus Fury, actually the the big hand small 
Yeah. Oh, small deck or a big hand small board. Yeah, they, they right. are part of what's defining. I mean, like you said, they're meta defining cards. They're part of what's putting the play style where it is right now. Yeah. So what I expect is a reversion back towards core set. More, um, more bid, bid low multi characters, which is bluntly a less interesting play style. Right. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to make one point about this question. I don't like banning cards. I'm not sure any of the cards that we've mentioned are bad enough to warrant being put on a ban list. No, not no. anytime soon. I, and I hope that there never are. I mean, we, we're starting to see, you know, Netrunner with a ban list, and it's make it's it's fixing some brokenness in the game. Mm-hmm. But I hope we never get to that point in five R. Right. I really hope we don't. Right. I can see a restricted list someday, and I think that and and the, and the restri- game will eventually really, need a restricted list. And for those who are not familiar with how FFG does these things, ban list is just obviously says poof card isn't playable yes restricted list has a list of cards that you can pick a one either one of or two of or whatever however they format the list it varies from game Uh, to game uh, but you basically have a list of let's say a half a dozen cards and you say you get to pick one of these cards put in your deck yeah i think for a game like for a game like netrunner a, a restricted list would be like you know one corp one runner for a game like L5R, the, the the restricted list is going to be you may pick one card off this list and add up to a playset of it to your deck. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, like for instance, a restricted list. Right, we've, we've uh, Lion's Pride Brawler is a very powerful lion card. For that greater, does not need to be for a, greater yeah, glory or, is a very powerful lion card. Those might appear on the on a restricted list. Yeah, I'm just, 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 just examples. This is not a qualitative statement. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely not. I'm just saying, I'm thinking about like two cards that are in one clan that could, like, and hell, Miramoto Fury and Let Go could land on a restricted list. Iron Mine and Reprieve could, like, if you could just look for pairs in each clan. Now, I'm not saying these were, but that would put a bind. Like, oh, how resilient can the crab be if they don't have both of these cards? The point you're going for there is the idea of a restricted list is to avoid card combinations. And that's exactly what Tobin's stating there. Two things like Iron Man and Reprieve that say, that do similar things. They say, pick one. Restrict the amount of that effect in a deck. A restricted list means that we we found a couple of, of interactions that are... Verging into the NPE space that we need to get out of the game for now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, without without people not being able to do that playstyle. So yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. Ban says gone. we fucked this card up. It's gone. Yeah, it's and it, I, like and we did not foresee how powerful this was going to yeah. be. Uh oh. It's nice that you know that with the with the ban list and also with the restricted list, things can come off the list eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that 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 does make it you know better, but. I just, I still just hope that we never see a ban list. I think that's that says that the game has gone to a bad, sp- a bad place. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. we're going to different discussion to have that. I won't get onto that one. So. Okay, so we're going to skip the next one because that's the one I want to talk about last. We're going to go to Real Suki, who says, "Who do you love more, Suki or Joe?" <laughs> so we're here to decide the popularity contest for Reddit and Facebook and the forums ourselves, are we? I suppose. <laughs> So not being on Facebook and and not wa- watching Reddit as much as I used to, I'm not familiar with what's going on with this Suki or Joe thing. So if I get this correct, uh, Real Suki is a uh, well-known um, commentator on card and deck design. Uh, focus on the newer player discusses in-depth methods for the game in general. They're a Phoenix with a Phoenix player bent. Okay. And um, Joe, I believe, is referring to Joe from Cincinnati, the uh, crab player. Who yep, is, that's what I think. Um, who does a similar thing with more of a crab focus than I think of Suki has a Phoenix focus. The Joe is generally talking about crab, 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 crab. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's not a well, bad thing. Just so knows and, what he likes. And, and Here's the here's, Suki. Um, since you asked this question, because I think it's you that's asking this question, we like you more. But if Joe is listening, Joe, that's not yeah. true. 
Yeah. But we're plus, doing, I, I, I played love Joe. You both I, I, equally. I played doing, Joe <laughs> at, at Gen Con uh, back in back in August or whenever that was. Now, kids, and your mother a, and I love you both That was still equally. a very memorable game for me. We're, we're doing the grandparent thing of going to each grandchild and going, you know, you you give them, give them the candy and saying, you know, you're my favorite. And they're going, exactly. Next going you exactly. know, you're my favorite. Exactly. Oh, th- thanks for putting us on the spot there, Suk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, Travis Fights Dragons, who is Travis from the Winter Court podcast. I've been discussing role locking a lot lately, and it seems like a lot more divisive issue amongst the community. What are your guys' opinions on role locking and the health of the metagame, pros and cons for locked versus unlocked worlds? And he's talking about keeper secret roles in various elements for a year that they get de- they got decided in uh, November at the Winter Court. Those roles are locked for those clans until Gen Con. Oh, no, actually, Worlds next year. Yeah, there will the be a secondary court. role that right will be voted upon through the Cote. That secondary role will be available at the Worlds. Mm-hmm. I know what you think. I saw your vote on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. So so yeah. why don't you share with the rest of the listeners uh, what you think? My, my viewpoint is pretty simple. No one likes being told what to do. No one likes being said you cannot do this thing, but it's entirely necessary for the game. Basically, if you want interesting, fun cards, there has to be restriction. And I think the role locking is one of the smarter ways of doing that, particularly because we actually get some input into it. Even if it's only a tiny fraction of our population, but we get to go, you know what? We are going to go for that card style over there. We're going to make sure we can play it. Well, and with things like Reddit and Facebook and stuff like that, someone who's going to be going to Worlds, playing at Winter Court, and who could and has a chance of being you know, the person who decides the, the role for the clan, they can solicit from the overall yeah, you know, exactly. unicorn crab whatever community what sort of role... You yeah. know, we'd like to have for our clan going forward. So that's that's good. That it's, it's not sort like of it's a, dictatorial yes. in that case. Yeah, you know. And I think I think it's fun and interesting for the game. It gives a a bit of stability to the meta game for a, an entire Kote series. That is a good point. I hadn't thought of honestly. Yeah. And it gives us a chance to shake up the game once a year. It it's stable for an entire Kote series. Then it gets shaken up, and then it's stable again. With sort of a, a different style of play. That's an interesting thought too. Have any of us have any of us considered the uh, the idea that role switching season is going to approach after we've had a year of quite a few new cards and playing plenty of the game? All of a sudden, around worlds next time next year, we're going to have the role switch. Here it mm-hmm. comes. Let's see what mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, here's and here's my take. I didn't vote on the Facebook group because <laughs> I because uh, for whatever reason, I think role locking is fine. I think we need to have it either be more often. Or have two roles, a keeper and a seeker for each clan, and they can't be the same element. I mean, honestly, the, the, because because there is a lot of there is a lot of non diversity. You bring up a good point that you have switching season at November, and that, that there's a stability there. But either they need to add a second role to the clan for the year because it is a year long, mm-hmm. or they need to make it more frequent uh, a six-month change a six-month rotation i've i've thought about this i saw the conversations on facebook and i thought about it and i'm just like you know i don't like being this for a year i I just Mm -hmm. i would like to have one other choice and to give you that other choice maybe we wouldn't see these the pathfinder blade wouldn't be such a freaking big deal maybe policy debate wouldn't be a big deal if we had different roles to choose from so to be interesting there you would like the roles to do partly the job of a restricted list which is saying you can play all the cards available to your clan. But if you play Pathfinder's Blade, you're locked onto this role and this set of cards is, is removed to you. 
Right. But you could go over and take that set of cards, pushing out Pathfinder's Blade and other things like right. that. Right. So right now, Crab is Keeper of Earth, right? Yeah. So they would have to choose a Seeker role that's not Seeker of Earth. Yeah, they no, exactly. Yeah. But they're saying the ramifications Forever. of that are, are interesting, honestly. I don't. Th I think they could definitely work, and I think it would avoid a lot of the things like the, the weird non-controversy around um, back in a compliment for Scorpion, say. That Scorpion well, could do that, you know. But I think once we have the Phoenix pack out, I think people are going to change their minds a little bit. Or that's going to that's gonna open things up because with, the, with that clan pack, we're going to have an alternate role available. If you don't want to play your elemental Seeker Keeper role... You're going to have the, what is it they call it, the support of the Phoenix? Yeah, presumably mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. the only way that can work. Support of the Phoenix, yeah. for, for the Phoenix, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah, I forget what the... So there, there, there are going to be alternate, there, there are going to be seeing more alternate roles. Yeah. So that's, that's going to that's gonna make things, give you, give you options. Mm -hmm. And didn't FFG mention something about having an alternate role based on voting or something like that? Yeah, that's the Cote voting. That's the secondary role that will be yeah. available at Worlds this coming year. So yeah. at Worlds this year... Every clan is going to have three roles available to them. For, for 350 people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah I mean, that's the, case, for the people yeah. that go to Worlds, yeah. right? I like, mean, it's, yeah. Like, that that's help all well and good for Worlds, but what about the rest of the community, which is 98% of the community? Well, that secondary yeah. role that the, the, the Worlds voting is doing, that one will be playable outside of Worlds, right? No, we, not yeah, we outside we of OP. So. Yeah, it sounds like that's the only the case. OP event, that secondary event, they've mentioned that secondary event. That OP would allow the secondary role at Worlds and one other in-store event that has yet to be. It might be this battle for the stronghold. There's there's some indications about it in this in the media mm -hmm. announcing the friendly local game store stuff, but they haven't talked about it specifically. Yeah, let, let's let's stay with the short version of as far as we know right now, barring Worlds, it's a one role plus the Phoenix. So we're, we're confident in that right now. So. Right, right. Um. So I mean, and yeah, the Phoenix, the support for the Phoenix is good, but Phoenix Clan don't synchronize well with everyone I, I i don't know i i would like to see a keeper i think having a keeper of earth and a seeker of something else yeah provides me a lot more decision points yeah. in my deck building i'm like oh do i go here do i go that do i go here do i go there yeah. but well, okay but there's something else that we're also overlooking you don't have to use the damn roll you don't have to have a roll do you, can you go you can go no roll right you can get yeah, no roll. Yeah, no roll. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, but that's still that's still using that situation. The the seeker keeper obviously um, precludes you from certain cards, which yes. is why people are going like, okay, I can't use those things. You and know, not having the fire, not having the element elemental roll precludes you from certain cards. Yeah, like we talked about last can, time, right? It's an interesting one. I think. <clears throat> so your complaints there, your arguments in, in um, against the um, the roll locking are exactly what I was talking about, which is. To me, it's clear that FFG have gone, right, we want to basically make balancing as easy as possible for us and give the community a bit of choice in where balancing goes, so we're making it a hardline lock. Now, I can see your argument, and, I, and I can, I'm a little more um, receptive hearing that to the idea of treating, of thinking of Keeper Seeker more like a restricted system, but I think that's, right now, that's not so much a big deal. As more cards come out, FFG's job gets harder if we're in that situation. Now I can see them going to it, you know, the keeping the balance, keeping cards balanced when you're playing it more like a restricted thing, as we get more seeker and keeper cards. But I, I think I see their point for it. I'm not massively against the idea you mentioned there, this, the pick a second um, alternate alternate role, alternate um, element. I can buy that, but I think I see why they didn't do it. And and so and far. yeah, and I think OP, all these things can change, right? They can OP yeah. can decide, yeah, you know what, we're gonna at Worlds 2018, you guys get to decide. Two, one keeper, one seeker can has to be different element. Maybe it's an S draft, right? Yeah. Like the first player, for the Ooh, top one yeah. gets, top one gets top choice, 
it goes through seven, and then seven gets the first secondary choice. Boom. And they get to choose the secondary here's choice. A, here's a fun thought for drafting it out, as it were. First player gets to pick either whether they choose the role or the element. Then the um, then the second second in line can pick to lock an element. Uh, that might get yeah. too complex. True, but, but a fun little fun little yeah. game to play. So I like drafting games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I I don't know what the whole the community consensus is so far. I don't think there is Complete one. Complete lack is the only answer. Yeah, I, I'm gonna fall. Consensus implies everyone likes it. As yeah. as or as you can it. guess or from what I've it. just said, I fall on the. I think I like it the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's the thing. I think having it the way it is makes the decision more impactful. It makes it more meaningful to the person making the decision, and it makes the fight for top of clan more meaningful also at the Kote series. Yeah, that's an undoubtedly okay. part of the decision. I, I buy that. Yeah. I buy that. So yeah, you know, yeah, and, and you want to have it be more meaningful. I just the, And it's also a way the, to bring the, the community lot, of clan players together. The, the this 12 months, that's where I'm like, this is long like i said no one no one likes being dictated to but that's yeah. part of the system we're following yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no I, I i'm with you there I, my, my general feeling is i am not displeased with where we are but i can see the strengths in in changing it a little bit well and the the the, the game has not even been out a year yet Precisely. we're not the game mm-hmm. hasn't even been out even yeah and so for the yet. first year for the first year this this is probably perfectly fine there's there's a lot of folks i've been having conversations online with various folks we're trying to fix a, uh, a game that we think is broken, and it's not broken. I mean, I, locally, we've had made various discussions. We think the game is in a great place, but every once in a while, we get into, I have some discussions with some folks online, and we're like, yeah, this is not good, this is not good, this is not good. And we're like, oh, my God, no, that's, that's exactly the opposite of how we feel in, like in Colorado. And so it's this weird dynamic where you, like, you get online and you start, oh, no, the, the sky is falling, but you're here with everybody and you're like yeah this is a good place and i uh, let's not forget that there are people out there and i'm not trying to you know you know name names or call people anything or you know say this is a bad Den- denigrate yeah, yeah thank yeah. you yeah. <laughs> i'm not uh, but there are people out there who make a de- make a decision about something on its face very quickly and just stick with that well yeah these and, and this know, isn't necessarily the case but i can use one of my favorite ironic statements which is hyperbole is completely universal yeah <laughs> and that's yeah. always how it goes <laughs> so so travis so, oh. i don't think things are as bad as necessarily people are making it out to be this this to me sounds a little bit like a tempest in a teapot. Mm-hmm. It's cl- it's clear discussion is heated, and um, I'd be, uh, and I'd, it's I'd always going to be on the internet. Yeah, exactly. When when we when we have something as hardline as we have right now, compromises compromise and opinion is going to be minimal. You know, yeah. and the so. game is going to evolve, and we don't have new cards. So there, people aren't experimenting. They're spending their time thinking about the game instead of playing. Yeah, it's like part of the, problem, part of the problem with the six-pack system now is we, we don't have anything to chew on. Right? Hopefully, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. so please, FFG, get the new pack out quickly and then start the new cycle. Exactly. At least tell us about uh, it, right? But yeah. you know, I think that as the game matures, you know, some of these things may seem like less of a problem. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't put put it past FFG in to add some, you know, roles for that cycle. That will eventually rotate out. Yeah, we said before, new, 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 different roles would be an interesting call too, right? Other options. So, well, Travis, we uh, probably gave you exactly what you were expecting, which is not a, really an answer, there we but go. a we, discussion. We, we have, of course, hopefully, solved, we solved, gave you things to think about. We have yeah. solved the internet. We shall move on from there. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, thanks to all the listeners for those questions. We welcome them. Those that those were an extremely varied group of questions. Good stuff. Uh, thank you very much for yes. sharing. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Now, to close out this episode, 
I'd like to do something in honor of The Table is Yours, a podcast which, for various reasons, is on indefinite hiatus, we'll say. Like great rock bands, they don't really quit. They just take a break and just kind of, you never know when you're going to come back from the break, so you're on indefinite hiatus. So we're going to do some shout-outs. They used to do these shout-outs to whatever it is they liked at that particular moment. And if you don't listen to the table, uh, the episodes are still up. Go listen. There's some really great fun to be had there. So shout-outs. Tobin's going to groan at me. Uh, my shout-out goes to a card game I cannot stop playing, a cooperative thing called Aeon's End. If you're a deck-building type, like deck builders and like cooperative games, this is my game of last year and the year before, and will be the year after as well. <laughs> very cool, very cool. And my shout-out, of course, goes to Robert Croy, the main man at the table is yours. Uh, Robert and I have had some great exchanges on Discord, talking about podcasting and how challenging this can be from a technical standpoint, recording the sound, getting the sound to sound like at all possible and getting it to work and how fun it can be when you finally put a good product out. So shout out to Rob Croy and all the other guys at the table is yours. Uh, come on back. We'll keep the light on for you. If I can, I can edge in there. I was digging through some of our paper the other day, putting together a script, and I found the checklist Tobin uses to run this podcast. Oh, oh yeah. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yes. So I guess my shout out goes to my new obsession, fountain pens and fountain pen ink. Okay. We're covering uh, the gamut. I'm having a lot of fun with those. Cool colors and fun writing instruments. All right. Wonderful. If you would like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback, or questions, you can contact us at artofwarcast at gmail.com, via Twitter at artofwarcast, via Facebook, or leave a comment in the episode's comments section. Please review us on iTunes. It helps other Rokugani find us. Thanks for listening, and remember, honor is the deadliest weapon. Here, ship, what's the panic? Seppun Ishikawa has me heading to the docks. I've got to meet some important type who's arrived in the city today. Oh, I. Where's he from? He wouldn't say. Just have to pick him up and make sure. You must be my welcoming party, and I hope faithful guides in this fine city. Delighted to meet you both. And of course, blood for the blood got- No, I'm sorry, there was something else they told me to say. What was it again? Ah, yes. Hail Fu Lang, folks.